0: The Fontenelle Final Bell podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust.
1: Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. As we look at the markets, kind of a wrap up of the entire week, everything was pivotal on. The report that came out from the USDA, a lot of numbers because of the government shutdown, a lot of information to try to digest. And Sue Martin joins us with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. Sue, as we look at these numbers, any surprise for you? Well,
0: I think the big surprise for me is that I, you know, our volatility in uh, corn, for example, is so low on a weekly basis, and it's as low as it's been since. Uh, 1993 1985 and of course um, you know we were a little bit lower we're at 3.68% on a weekly for example May contract corn and it just you know the volatility is so low and I thought for sure getting these reports out because the January reports you know the final corn production and what have you is always a mover and shaker not this year and this was such a quiet report, it really took me by surprise. So, anyway, long story short, we um, um, had a market that, you know, corn got, you know, four and a half cents up. And then it uh, turned around and, you know, slipped backwards and closed down about two and a quarter, two cents. Beans, you know, were on both sides of the close and uh, was down uh, four cents or so and maybe five and then it turned around and came back and then it closed higher and we just continued to float and wheat closed minimally lower chicago wheat up four kc down two so you know which is by the way as um that spread normally flips in late january to where wheat chicago gains on kc and that's what's occurring but the report itself i think I think the surprise was is that and especially for me was in corn. Uh first off the yield fell 2.5 bushels to the acre and that by the way is the largest decline we've ever had. And the previous two records two years were both 2.4 bushels to the acre. So, you know, this one's by far the biggest. Uh our carryout declined 46 million bushels and that came even in the face of of basically ethanol usage declining by 25 million uh, bushels which we expected that and also the uh, food seed and industrial industry declining by 40 million bushels the surprise was and there were analysts out there saying that they thought that the um, feed usage would decline and not for the reason it did but decline uh, due to what they thought was more sorghum feeding because sorghum had been banned from imports into China. And uh, we did see uh, uh, feed usage for corn decline by 125 million bushels, but the net result was because of the sharp decline in yield, um, that did allow the carryout to still decline to 1.735 million bushels. So then you look at, okay, let's see what sorghum did. And when I looked at feed grains, they totally, and sorghum's one of them, uh, they totally slipped as well, and um, I thought that was rather interesting. So then we go back and we look at sorghum specifically, thinking maybe the others, uh, you know, seen their usage slip. And, but instead, sorghum uh, usage for feed basically fell 25 million bushels. So it wasn't like they were really feeding more sorghum. Okay, so what's the reason now that we have corn being fed less, feed uh, you, um, you know feed um, grains being fed less, and sorghum out of those feed grains being fed less? It has to be one. We know that we have more hog numbers, and we know we have more poultry, and we assumed we had more cattle numbers, but we haven't been seeing the kill as high as what's been expected we wonder if by chance maybe this is an, a subtle way of showing that the USDA has basically been counting cattle numbers more than once and there's been that's been thrown up here as a possibility for some time maybe the packer knew this and maybe this is why they've been so willing to keep going after not not to mention the demand has been good because of migration and immigration so it was that, for me, was the big surprise. Um, volatility didn't shake out of here. We're still hanging low. And then we look at the soybeans, and traders had expected, yes, the bean you could come down. The previous record of um, bean reduction from December to January, like corn, was uh, four-tenths of a bushel. And this time, we declined a half a bushel. So between that and, of course, acres um, being pretty much the same, I would say harvested acres went down about 200,000 acres, too. So the combination of all of that, uh, we had the crush go up 10 million uh, bushels. Exports, of course, expected went down 25 million bushels. Some think that could even be more. And uh, then we note that the seed remained unchanged, but the residual went down 1% um 100,000 bushels. Uh so, you know, the net result was the carryout declined from 955 in December to 910 million bushels, 45 million bushel reduction. And maybe that's why the prices have been kind of holding like they have because maybe we didn't the trade kind of knew that maybe that wasn't out there anyway, that we didn't have a 955 million carryout. Who knows, but I will say this uh, the key will be now as we go down the road how will we deal with China China you know has been expected to take 90 million metric tons of beans of course they have not we've taken and sold them 10 million they could take another 10 but I think the key here
1: is we need to see them drop the tariff around folks we have more of the Fontanel final bell coming up we will take a look at the south america a little bit more in depth from today's report on the royal radio network Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the World Radio Network as we wrap up a week of anticipation of the USDA report and all the numbers that came with it for a Friday looking to South America. Uh, Brazil and Argentina both, some caught by surprise of some number changes, others kind of factored it all in as to what we saw. So as you look at the numbers to the south, what was your spin? Well, I
0: noticed that in soybeans, um, the average guess was around 116.3. Um, I had thought that we'd be more like a 116.8, and it came out at 117. And keep in mind that the USDA had been at 122, so they dropped it 5 million metric tons. And we suspect that one will decline again, but I think it was a pretty much expected uh, decline. Corn egg, uh, production, though, was actually increased a little bit to 94.5 million uh, metric tons, and the average guess was around 93.3. So that was a little bit of a surprise, I think, that we didn't know if they would raise corn a whole lot. I was thinking corn might stay the same. Now in Argentina, because the crop's not as progressed as Brazil's is, Argentina, uh, we note they left the soybeans the same as they had been, and right in line with the average guess. However, the average guess for corn was 43.1 million metric tons, and the USDA WASD came out at 46 million metric tons. I have been hearing a number more right around possibly 47, so that doesn't seem quite so bearish maybe per se, but on the same token, nothing really to write home about either. So we'll see how the weather forecast, it all goes back to weather, and Brazil needs rain in many areas and they're forecast to catch rain over the next 5 days and maybe 7 days and we'll see how good those rains are and then see will they progress beyond that because we're hearing they could go back to a dry spell and then in Argentina they need to go drier and we are hearing that there was talk of sudden death syndrome in uh, Buenos Aires on soybeans and that's just because they were too wet
1: As we, you know, you and I have talked about uh, the winter wheat and where we were going to see this crop move into 2019. I guess it didn't come as a shock that we saw a decrease in the numbers, but what I thought was kind of interesting, that the winter wheat totals is the lowest acreage figure since 1909.
0: Yes, and previously, um, I think, what was it, not last year, but maybe the year before, it was the lowest since, since, I believe, 1914 or something like that. But 1909, yes, these are the lowest numbers of acres. And, you know, the market didn't seem to really, um, I think it was so anticipated. I think more importantly is we've been having some weather that is concerning and possibly for winter kill. And we won't know that until we get into March when we start to break normally. We start to break dormancy. I'm not sure if this year will be a year when we see dormancy broken in March, mainly because March is expected to be our worst winter month. And so I'm wondering just how warm, you know, the country's been more cool than not. And so I'm wondering um, if we won't see the hard red winter wheat areas um, besides to the north, of course, those stay cold. But, but the ones to the south, I'm wondering if they won't stay maybe a little bit more in dormancy a little longer. If that occurs, that's also going to slow up cattle having to move off of wheat pasture very fast. And of course, right now, we're not moving a lot of cattle into feedlots because of the conditions that they're in. So, um, you know, we'll see less placements there,
1: but on the same token, we'll see a bunching of placements probably in April to May. As you look at the livestock side of the trade, Sue, how did they react to the Friday USDA numbers? Well, they kind of ignored it. They weren't, uh, cattle were strong
0: and, uh, we had a, a, a good day up in cattle. And I'm thinking that in years probably, I haven't, don't, I can't prove this yet because I haven't done it, the study on it, but it seems to me a year when you have December cattle expire off the board stronger or premium to the February, that that's a bullish sign and then when and maybe it entices the Feb to do likewise to the April well if you look at that Feb-April spread that's only about I'm gonna say 65 points apart and I look for that to come together it's just it just seems to me that this February contract for one thing when we look at the deliveries that have been being made they're being taken very well and into strong hands very quickly that leads us to believe that we're hearing that okay we started off early in the week on i think it was tuesday with a one twenty four bid in nebraska and of course
1: bought cattle numbers at one twenty four so that was steady money with last week It sounds good what is the best way for folks to get a hold of you sue well our numbers one eight hundred five two seven zero zero five one and y'all have a great friday and a,
0: a good weekend i think saturday's gonna be good but I hear another storm's
1: coming in on Sunday. That'll keep us on our toes. Thanks so much, Sue Martin, joining us today. Thanks to Fontenelle and all the local Fontenelle dealers as well. The Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to
0: the Rural Radio Network.